What's happening guys? Will Freeman, RevolutionaryLifestyleDesign.com Here with my man Phil Hawksworth from PhilHawksworth.com What's happening, Phil? What's up? Good stuff, man. Let's let's get right into this. So we're going to do part three here that we did with Phil. So Phil, for those of you guys who don't know, is out here with me in Chiang Mai. He's making a lot of money online. And in part one, we covered how he started... Uh, coaching business offline, specifically personal training in London, how he made six figures doing that. In part two, we covered how Phil transitioned from offline to online, doing six figures in coaching business online, specifically personal training. And now in part three, we're going to talk to Phil about how to level up your coaching business by um, using the skill set that you learned and being able to market that to other people. So let's get into that. Let's get right into this, man. So you came out here, you were doing um, the coaching training online, but you've transitioned, first, you've transitioned your skill set into other things that are able to make you more money. And, um, you know, you've got better scalability options, and you've got a wider range of things you're able to make money on. So take these guys through what you transitioned to first off. So I went from in-person personal training to online personal training. Then I came out to Thailand and figured out that online personal training means I'm talking to people at 3 a.m. on a Skype call where the internet cuts out every 24 seconds. And that was not particularly feasible. And I also realized that... In Thailand. Now, there's places where you could do it, but you wanted to stay here, so that wasn't working for you. But I also realized that I'd been chasing freedom. And freedom wasn't just location independence. It was also time independence. Right. I didn't want to be on the phone at a certain specific time. Right. And I didn't want the obligation of having to talk to clients at specific times. Now, this is... Sorry to interrupt you here. This is what, what I call levels of luxury, okay? It is a level of luxury that he's able to not have to talk to people on the phone. And it's, it's the same thing that I've built into my business. People ask why I don't take clients on because I spent the better part of a decade talking to clients and I've built a business around where I don't have to do that. Um, now that's not something you're going to get right away, but that is a major fucking feature for being able to level up your business to a higher level of luxuries is not always just about money. It is about quality of life. And as Phil says, freedom is, is much about location as it is the freedom to do what you want in that particular day. Yeah. About four times I've, transitioned to making less money than I previously was to attain more freedom or more of the lifestyle that I want. 100% I do the same thing. So that's a good point. And so break break down like what you transitioned from. from. So you were doing the, the online coaching to personal training clients and what are the avenues that you're doing now? So I came out to Thailand. I basically took a holiday for a while and then I was like, shit, I've run out of money. I need to do something. So I was like, all right, so I could go back to coaching, but that's not what I want to do. And I stopped doing it for a reason. And that was like, that's the easy way out, but it's not what I wanted to do. So I, what what else can I do? I looked at like my skill set. I looked at the assets that I have. And I was like, what what can I do to make money? And what can I do quickly and easily and like, you know, get started and get paid next week? So I looked at like what I'm good at. So obviously I've been in fitness for... Uh, the time like six or seven years so it's completely second nature to me and I'm a good writer 
and writing is quick and easy for me. Right. So I was like, all right, so I can write about fitness. And like, I've written a book, so I've got authority in that space. And I know that most personal trainers don't like writing. They're not good at it. They struggle with it. You know, they're exercise monkeys. They're not writers. So I was like, all right, I can do freelance writing. I can do blog posts. I can do emails and stuff for people. And what I had is a network of a couple of hundred people in the fitness industry that I know personally. Right. So it's very, very easy for me to go to those people who already know that I'm a good writer because they know that I've got a book and that, you know, I have authority in, in the space of writing about fitness. So I can go to them and be like, yeah, I'm, I'm starting to do some um, freelance writing. Do you want to, do you want me to write some blogs for you? Now, how did you meet these guys for the guys who are trying to replicate your results? How did you, this is people that I already knew from within the industry, just from being in the industry a long time from, I mean, work, were, you, were you going to events or working like... in the same gyms from training courses, from events, from, okay. You know, so the lesson here is keep, keep in touch with the people that you've met within your transition from offline to online. Yeah. Like for the first couple of years in the industry, I didn't network within the industry because I didn't see the point. Mm -hmm. I was like, these are not my clients. I'm not going to buy anything from me. But after a couple of years, I figured that it does have value. Right. Um, you'll know people anyway, regardless of even if you've not gone way out of your way to meet people, you still know people that you've worked in the office or the gym or whatever with and, you know, friends from your training courses, etc. So you keep in touch with them on Facebook or whatever. Yeah. Okay. And then you transition first into content marketing, then you hit up your network. Yeah. And what... What did you start getting paid with in the content marketing? How long did that take? And then what what were you able to charge? What were you able to raise your rates to? So I started off um, charging about five pounds for hundred words. Okay, which is about seven seven fifty dollars at the time. Um, and was this on Upwork or where were th you? Th this was just with people that I know, just the people you know. And the the important thing here is that I know this inside out so much that I can write an article about fitness as quickly as I can type. I'm not just Joe, the average freelance writer, who has to spend an hour researching to know what the fuck I'm talking about. Right. And then gets writer's block and doesn't quite know where I'm going and doesn't know how to position and present this in a way that's actually beneficial for the reader. Because I already know all that stuff. Because I have that industry knowledge. Right. I have the experience of doing it for five, six years. Right. So I, I could bang that out as quickly as I can type. So it was very easy. I didn't need to think about it. It was like the easiest fucking job in the world. I also started on Upwork because I was, you know, looking to build more clients. There, you just need to do a few jobs. You're going to get paid fuck all. And the clients that pay fuck all are the worst clients as well. You, you just you need to get a few ratings. You usually build your rep up. Yeah, you I tell guys like for the first year, just look at Upwork the first year, just grind out, get the reviews, over-service your clients, and then you can start charging above market rates. Yeah, like, like I, I didn't even do it after a year, after about three months. But I, I had authority in the space. So were you able to take clients off of Upwork pretty yes. quickly? The, the best the best clients, the ones that were that paid well and were recurring clients, just take them off there. Right, and that's the, other, that's the key too. For your building phase, don't even worry about the fucking poor clients taking them off because... Poor clients are always the most problem clients, the most garbage. You want to get to where your rank is where you're able to charge, not market rate. You start off lower than market rate, then market rate, and then above market rate. And that's when you start peeling clients off because the ones who pay premium are your good clients. 
the poorest clients in my almost a decade in, in sales, it was the smallest clients who caused the majority of the problems. Absolutely. And they always had complaints of this and that. So, but I'm impressed that you were able to do it within three months. I mean, once you've, um, once you take some clients off there and if you've sourced clients elsewhere as well, you've got some income coming in. I would just whack your prices up on that. You obviously get a lot less clients, but the ones that, all of the ones that do come through are good. Were and you, you're not wasting your time writing for a dollar an hour. Were you applying to jobs on Upwork or were you just posting? Only in the first three months. Right. Then I just had my profile there. Put the price up to like 50% over the average. So what were you charging per hour? Um, it was at 50. 50? Dollars. Right. Uh, I think I'm, now it's 75 or 80. Was that about the same you were charging your your network? You said seven fifty for a hundred words. Is that about fifty, sixty dollars an hour? Yeah. And then it, you, it worked out about the same in the end. And then you bump it up to about eighty. And are, are, but, oh, so yeah, within people, um, I, I figured out pretty quickly. Actually, like it was really stupid of me to not see this straight away. Someone had to tell me. But um, one of the guys who I was writing for was like, "Can you just put me on a monthly recurring like direct debit?" I was like. Why the fuck did I not do that before? Why am I charging you per word <laughs> yeah. when I can just say it's 250 quid a month? Yeah. And that, then that's what I started doing as soon as I figured that out. Because that's how I'd, I would sell personal training. Like you right. don't sell it by session. You sell it just on a recurring payment. The client who has money doesn't fucking care. That's what people need to know. Yeah. If you've never had a good client before, you don't know the difference. A good client just wants to not think about that bill. You're like the cable bill. You're just, yeah, you're just a part of ex- the, his business expense. So as, as soon as you've got a client who is going to be recurring jobs, just get them on a retainer, get them paying you monthly or whatever. Yeah. Like work it out based on either just have a package that you offer or work it out based on how much work they want. And service the fuck out of them. Like when, yeah. when I had my, when I was back in sales, a lot of the time you, you would be doing less work than, you know, than, than what they're paying or like a little bit less, but like occasionally they would, they would like, I need this done last minute or whatever, or I need this and that. That's when you come through and, and you go like you go over the top on it, like if they yeah. really need something. But otherwise it's you're you're in the fucking promised land. When you over service clients, it's like it's so much easier to get referrals in this space right. than it is when you're doing like general public client work. Right. Because like the, the industry that you're in, like for me within fitness with personal training, it's such an insular industry where everybody knows everybody. Mm-hmm. Everybody has the same problems, you know. They, you know, people like training people. They don't like doing content marketing. Right. Everyone has the same problems. Everyone knows everybody, and everyone's a business owner, so they they see paying you as just an investment in their business, freeing up their time. Yes, and it's, that is so much easier. To and that's a, that's another fucking big big part of the leveling up to different higher levels of luxury, where it's not just about money, but about the quality of your clients. And I've sold. Person, to, I've sold uh, consumer to consumer, or, or or B2C and B2B. And if you can get B2B, if you can level up to B2B, it's so much better because everyone's so professional. You're not dealing with just a person; you're dealing with a business owner, and a business owner is is ten times better client than than just a person because, like you said, it is a business expense, it is, yeah. and they look at it from a business perspective. Yeah. Um. So now, were were you were you? Sh- Content writing for personal trainers, or 
or for uh, the, like the bodybuilding mags as well, or was it strictly personal trainers? Uh, I did some like media writing as well. Right. Um, that so like Huffington Post or some fucking article. Post, but yeah, some article mill. Like we need. Yeah. Um, buzz like I, I still write for a couple of places nowadays. Live strong or some shit. Yeah, like that kind of thing. Not live strong, but they they pay like fifty dollars an article. It takes me like forty five minutes. Like I do two a month. Are you just, serious? Yeah, still do, <laughs> still do it. It's super easy. Of course, man. Um, so yeah, that that's good work as well because if you get that on recurring as well, it's also um, good if you can get a link in the article back to your yeah. site. It's good for SEO. Yeah. Um, so. That, that's another option as well with that's quite specific to writing but yeah there's the media websites blogs magazines newspapers need content right so you're taking your skills you're, you're tapping your network that you built and you're doing up work mm-hmm. now outside of content marketing what are the, some of the other ways that you were able to transition so I I wanted to, well I, w- I wanted to learn marketing better Okay. I was good at marketing, selling personal training. Right. But I wanted to learn proper online marketing, selling products. Um, so I I started just studying marketing every day, and was that was like my main focus was learning marketing. Right. And once I'd I'd learned enough, I already had enough experience of selling personal training, and I was learning a lot more marketing. Then I had the ability to do marketing services for personal trainers and gyms. Sure. So writing emails or doing Facebook ads, because if you can sell, that's valuable to a- any business owner, because most most people, especially in an industry like fitness, they get into fitness because they like fitness. Right. They don't get into it because they have their business head on and like this complex business plan and they're like, yeah, I'm going to make my millions. They do it because they like going to the gym, Yeah, but they still need to actually make money. So if you can deliver them clients on a plate, you know, with a very obvious ROI on what they pay you and then they get money coming straight back in. It's super easy to deliver marketing services or sales, anything that generates income for them. Marketing and sales is such a great sales pitch when you can, when you can, especially with online where you can say like, you give me X amount, I'm going to three or four X that return. Watch, give like give me a week and watch me do it. Like I'm going to put the ads up. It's going to three or four X your return. You don't have to do anything. Just let me handle it. Right. Yeah. So you started learning, really learning. You're actually quite, you know, very knowledgeable about, about marketing at this point. And you're someone that I come to for marketing advice. And you really, really started to learn um, not just on like a surface level or like a mid level, but like, you know, to the point where you're close to an expert on that, like you could have a marketing shop probably. So you really learned that. And then how did you start selling the marketing services and what, what like specific marketing are you selling? So this is not my long-term aim for a business, yep. which has dictated somewhat what I've done. So I haven't done any outbound sales. I've just got, done tap my network and got referrals. Right. I haven't done anything else. If this is a long-term business, obviously I'd have a website, I'd be running ads, I'd be building funnels and I'd be getting people coming to me. But so, I've not done that because that's not what I want to do long-term. To get extra cash, you just went straight to the network and said, look, guys, to the personal trainers, look, I can 3X your return. Just let me handle your marketing. Yeah. And how much, are they, how much would the average client be giving you? And then what would you be... Would you be setting up Facebook ads? Would you be, what would you yeah. be doing? Um, some people pay on 
commission. Some people pay just flat rate. So flat rate is like about $1,000 a month. Okay. Um, commission, excuse me, commission I usually do with bigger people like gyms as yep. opposed to personal trainers because yep. they have a lot more turnover of clients. If they generate like 30 new clients a month and I get a commission per client, then it works out well. Okay. It doesn't work on personal trainers. They only have 10 clients, full stop. Sure. Um, but, you know, you can either way, like commission is an easy sell because they're not letting any money out until they generate money back in. Yeah. So it's a super, super easy sell. Um, and it's also lower pressure on you because like with the na- the nature of marketing, it's like one in four campaigns is going to work. Yeah. And when it does, you'll make 20 times your money back. Right. And the other three will bomb and there'll be a waste of money. Right. So like it takes some of the pressure off when you're just on commission. Right. But that's quite specific to just marketing. Um, so the, the bigger point, like that's what I did. I did writing and then marketing because that's what I was good at and what I was interested in. But specifically with the marketing, okay. So you're you're going to your coaching, your personal trainers and the gyms and the network that you built up, and this applies to any coaching business. And you're going, look, let me handle the marketing for you. I know exactly what I'm going to do, and I will show you a return. Give me a week. I will. What would you usually? Would you two x the guy's money, three x it? The personal training, you'll ten x it at least. Okay, so big, big, big return, which means that it's going to be very easy to keep clients. I imagine when they're they're just giving you a grand and they're getting ten grand out of yeah, it. Yeah, it's it's not difficult to sell personal training because it's 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 a cheap industry to generate leads in, right? Because it's basically everybody wants to get fit, so they're not hyper specific targeted, right? So the cost, like cost per click and cost per impression, is low. Okay. And you sell big packages, people sell, or people buy multi-thousand-pound personal training packages. Right. And they have a long lifetime value. Right. So uh, now what specifically were you doing for the guy? Is it Facebook ads? Uh, Different things for different people, but Facebook ads and email generally. Okay. And how does that look? How does that, for a guy who's trying to get an idea of how that um, service looks, what's the basic suite look like so choose like a medium that you want to get good at like i i chose facebook because i i was using facebook in my own business and doing well with it and it it was easy okay and facebook is a platform that confuses most people it looks scary it's a fucking labyrinth yeah when you understand it like i think it's really easy but i understand that most people it's just scares them just to look at it yeah so you you master that and then you basically just they tell you what their offer is or what they're selling, and then you put an ad together, run it. But you put like three or four different, and you at you A B test them. Yeah, yeah, like, um, it depends who it is as to what they're offering. So usually, I would say you have different offers, which it, it'll be essentially the same thing underneath, but you put a different packaging on it. Okay, so it'll be like um a 30-day challenge or it'll be like a little black dress thing or it'll be like a fat loss challenge or you just it's the same thing underneath you just brand it up in a way to appeal to different segments of the market I see Um, create a landing page or two if you want to test them I generally just do one landing page Um, if an offer bombs I know within a day and just change the offer yeah Um, that's been my experience the landing Tweaking the landing page of the sales page didn't matter so much as opposed to the fucking actual content behind it. Like, 
You know, yeah. the, the content is what is the key. It's not like, oh, the red buy button versus the blue buy, no, buy button. No. It's not fucking matter. It, it's like 80% just the offer. Do yeah. people want to fundamentally want to buy what you're selling? Yeah. All of the little tricks like changing the headline might get you a couple of percent bump, but it won't do anything if nobody's interested in the first place. Right. Um, and then, yeah, run run ads. So it depends who it is. It depends how, what location they're in, how small or big it is, as to how many different audiences you would target. Mm-hmm. So on Facebook, there's three levels. There's a campaign. Then there's um, an ad set, which is basically targeting. And then there's the advert, so the creative. Right. So you would... The ad set level, you split like different audiences. So it might be different age ranges, different locations, different jobs or interests or warm traffic and cold traffic. And then at the ad level, so you might test two or three of them. Okay. Depends who it is, depends how much budget they've got. Yeah. And it depends. Like if you're in a small town with where 30,000 people live, you just target everybody. Okay. If you live in London or New York where there's 10 million people, then you need to get a bit more targeted. Right. Because 10 million people is way too many to target. Then at the ad set, uh, sorry, at the ad level, you test creative, so different images, different headlines, different copy. Okay. Now, Facebook, there's a lot of moving parts there. Um, do you have any anything to recommend to guys on mastering Facebook ads or anything like that? Um, any books or like um, podcasts or anything? Books, no, because it changes so quickly that by the time a book's written, it's irrelevant. Podcasts, yes. Um, Perpetual Traffic by Digital Marketer. Right, right. It's, it's insanely good. That's where I learned 90% of my Facebook right. knowledge. And Facebook is is changes within, what, two, three months? Facebook changes, like, yeah, every month or so. And they don't even tell you either. They don't tell you what's changed. They just expect you to figure shit out. They don't care. They're huge. They're like, yeah. You're lucky to be and, and, Unless you, like, spend probably millions a month and have a partner manager they just fuck you in the ass and don't care about you <laughs> yeah but it's such a good platform yeah and there's so many people on there and the targeting is so good yeah and the algorithm is so good and they have so much data on people that you can't not use it even like stuff, even though they the treat stuff you like you've shit. been showing me over the last couple of months this, they have a fucking scary disgusting amount of data uh, yes. that makes me sick it's, it also excites me like for the marketing <laughs> yeah. purposes but on the other hand i'm like these dirty fucking cocksuckers like yeah. they're filthy the amount of data like yes the retargeting the or the the similar marketing that they have going on yeah like it's disgusting for marketing though it's amazing and like their their algorithm their computer learning is so good i also hate mark zuckerberg's face i want to punch him <laughs> in the face every time i see him. someone like you who has like a big list of customers yeah you just plug in the lookalike audience so it'll find people who are most similar to the people who have bought and they're the people that are most likely to buy in the future That's, but like it's the, how they powerful. can find someone who looks like one it's, of my it's buyers just, it's computer learning yeah like, because they have like a thousand data points on that person yeah and the computer just runs them all through and matches them it's fucking crazy dude yeah like the, the facebook algorithm nowadays is so good that you barely even need to do anything yeah. Like, especially with targeting, because it's so good at finding the right people within any given audience. So it's like if you've got an audience size of 100,000 people, mm-hmm. and you're, however much your budget is, it might only show the ad to, say, 500 people per day or 1,000 people per day. It's going to show it to the 1,000 people who are most likely to convert. And Facebook's algorithm is so good at knowing who those people are 
realistically over the course of a campaign it'll only show it to maybe 20% of the entire audience yeah but it's so fucking good at knowing which 20% to show it to that it shows it to the only 20% they're going to convert right and it does it itself you don't need to do anything so if your offer converts Facebook do most of the rest of the legwork this is because Facebook and Google and all these companies no matter what comes out of their fucking mouths is tracking every (laughs) single fucking thing you do since the dawn of time and they're going to keep tracking and they're keeping it somewhere and they're leveraging it and they're running every algorithm built by the smartest PhDs and it's never going to stop. You, you can follow somebody around on the whole internet. Yeah. Like I, I could show you an advert when you go on YouTube, on Gmail, on the side of your Google, on the top of your Google search, on <laughs> Facebook, on Twitter, on you're, Pinterest. You're everywhere. On Instagram. Facebook on knows more about you than your mother does. Banner ads on any random website that you go on, like any news website <laughs> or any sort of content my mainstream content website all have banner ads so I could get you there as well. There's your fucking head just yammering like, away. Anywhere. Yeah. It's, it's really only people like you who have like sort of small, um, like relatively small compared to like the New York Times. Yeah. Small websites where you sell your own products that don't have advertising. Basically yeah. every other website in the world has banner ads and stuff that I could follow you around on if I wanted you to. You need it because they don't have the traffic. They don't have, like... It's very hard to get organic traffic. I mean, they they don't sell products. They sell adverts. Yeah. You sell products. That's why you don't have adverts. Right. It's not a good look if I'm just plastering my site with, like, dick pills. It kind of <laughs> ruins the idea of an authority site. But if I was BuzzFeed and I'm just pumping out hot garbage about some dumpster fire celebrity who whose tit flopped out then like of course you want advertising because no one's gonna buy a fucking product from them no one's gonna buy a product from buzzfeed because no one goes there to like improve themselves they go there to be like i'm a degenerate i'm feeling like shit i'm just gonna go on buzzfeed and see like which celebrity has the saggiest boob or whatever you should sell um how to fuck women properly as an in-stream ad on pornhub (laughs) <laughs> you know, I probably should. I wonder if you can sell. Yeah, I guess you probably can. I don't know if Pornhub do, but I reckon some of the smaller, like more dodgy websites will definitely have in-stream ads and stuff. Yeah, that's funny, dude. Probably right. <laughs> All right, so we got a bit off topic there. We we're talking about um, selling your marketing services, but the stuff you're telling them about the deep level stuff about Facebook is really, really good. And um, Guys should definitely check out. I checked out that podcast as well. Perpetual Traffic by what's the guy's name? Um, the company's Digital Marketer. Digital Marketing is free on any of the podcast apps or whatever. All right, so you had content writing and you had marketing services. Is there anything else that you had going on that you were branching out? I mean, you've got PhilHawksworth.com as well, where you're. I mean, I was working with a guy for a while who does websites. So he did the same thing. He was a personal trainer. He moved to Thailand and sells websites to personal trainers. Right. Because he was good at websites. He's techie. He has the industry knowledge. He has the industry contacts. He knows what converts as a personal trainer website. Mm-hmm. He just makes websites and sells them to personal trainers. And I was working with him for a bit. And like, for, how, how'd you meet him? Networks? Uh, we were I started off doing some content writing for him. Right. And then just... Like half of that's another thing to just sorry to interrupt, but just to keep your if you are if you don't have just one set business and you're and you've got a bunch of hustles going on to keep your fucking ears open to a potential move. So you found this guy through content marketing, you've you figured out he's selling websites, and your hustler's mind goes, Well, let me see if I can let me see if I can help you because I actually I don't just do content marketing, I do 
fucking actual marketing as well. Yeah, like, I, I would write the copy for his websites. Right. It's like the personal trainers can do it themselves. They're useless. <laughs> That's why they're outsourcing it. Tell me what you really feel. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, he would do the design of the website. I would write the copy for it. Okay. And um, we, like, did some small products and ebooks and stuff together as well that he was selling off his site because his site has quite a lot of traffic and he does a lot of marketing because he's selling websites. Sure. So I was getting paid for that as well. Um, but so like he's an example of doing a different thing. So whatever you're good at, if you're, you know, you might not be a good writer, but you might be good at taking stuff on websites or you might be good at sales or you might be good at marketing. You might be good at, you know, like there's, as a business owner, you wear like 70 different hats. Yep. And if you're good at any one or two of those different hats, mm-hmm. then you can sell that to people in your industry who are not good at it or right. just don't want to do it, don't want the time to do it. Or you can focus on just the one thing that you're the fucking best at. Yeah. Or like that. So you had content marketing, content writing, marketing. You were specifically working with one guy on this website. Um, was there anything else that you had going on? Uh, well, tell me... you. I, I, you you leverage a bit into we talked about this in the last podcast about personal branding and I was saying anybody who has a coaching business whether it's life coaching or fitness should have a YouTube at the least or and a website in my opinion um, strictly because that is an excellent way to get organic traffic now even if your website's not big or YouTube's not big you're only getting five thousand or seven thousand visitors a month that is okay if you're trying to sell a product. That's going to be useless. But if you're selling a, you know, more expensive packages or whatever, that that can still work. So you set up philhawksworth.com, and you're not quite in the process, but you're you're looking at productizing some of your knowledge, correct? Yeah. So the main reason I wanted to learn marketing on a deeper level was so that I could sell products, right? Because I know all the fitness stuff, and I know I can. Market well enough to get someone on the phone, and I can sell once on the phone. Because but products I, I is the fucking holy grail. Yeah, I couldn't market well enough to sell products. Right. Fitness. Products is the holy grail. Okay, guys, there's a reason I have a, a product-based website, even though I'm telling you to do a service-based website. Because I spent all my time in sales, and I don't want to do that anymore. But I paid my dues, I built my way out, and I finally built a product-based website that worked. This is my fifth shot. I had four fails at them, okay? But the smart way to do is the way to do it like Phil, right? You start off offline, you you move your service business online, you move into different hustles where you level up your areas of luxury and you can travel and you arbitrage your income. And then you start, once you have all these fucking things mastered, then you start productizing that knowledge. That's what Phil started to do. You've got a book, um, specifically that you've productized on how to how to personal trainers make money, correct? And how to take your business online and make more money working as an online personal trainer. So give the give give a plug out to the to the books that you got right now going. So it's it's called the Prosperous Personal Trainer. You can get it on Amazon. Um, it's basically you take what you know as a personal trainer. And you leverage that to do online training or online coaching, uh, which will free up your time, it will free up your location, and you can actually make more money doing it. And the most surprising thing is you can actually get better results for your clients. Which is what we covered in part two of this series. And 
So you productized there. Did you have any other books that were you were dropping? I, I have a fitness book that I wrote a few years ago, but that's four eight minutes. Not really relevant. Right, but you've done you've done a, a little bit on your website, philoxford.com. I've got organic traffic. Yeah, I've got a few little hustles going on um, that are not under my name. Right. That yeah, I do stuff on the back end for people and stuff like that. The book, the Prosperous Personal Trainer, is part of a, a funnel for um, my old business partners coaching business he teaches personal trainers how to do online coaching right so but i get paid commissions one thing guys should note is that the productizing is the holy grail but it is also almost always the the worst paying option at least at the start right you you, you do not want to have to fund your lifestyle based on your product-based business okay this is why i tell guys like not you, unless you already have a business not unless you have a business you don't come out to thailand and start a dropshipping business okay because most product businesses fail and you've got to go through different iterations it's like RLD is the fifth site that I had, and I didn't come out here until I I had a hundred thousand visitors a month. I had um, I think I had my Tinder book was bringing in I think a grand or something like that or fifteen hundred, and I'd saved a fucking ton. So I like I knew that you know I had my exit plan was fucking mashed. I knew that I could get traffic. I knew all I had to do was start putting out more books. I knew that I had my expenses well covered over here because it's super fucking cheap. And that's how it played out. Your your business can't fail unless you stop. Right. Because you can sell anything. And like if a product bombs, it doesn't matter. You right. can just do sell a different product. Because you have the brand. Where, you, whereas with something like dropshipping, your product is your business. Right. If you're like, what what did you try and sell? Like kitchen knives or something? We were selling fucking zester graters. Right, zester graters. Like if you're selling zester graters and nobody buys you a zester grater, the business is fucked. Which is exactly what happened. Whereas like if you're selling just... What Will sells like lifestyle design. You can sell anything within that. You can sell sex, you can sell fitness, you can sell money, you can sell girls, you can sell whatever. Yeah. And it's like, I'm not saying do a blog because it takes four or five years to generate the traffic to actually make any money. Yeah. But that kind of a business can't fail unless you quit because it's, you can pivot and you can sell multiple products within the same general area, but you're not defined by your product. Right. The brand based product business is the holy grail because it's the you have the brand the brand is your moat around competition okay there's lots of competition in lifestyle design but you know you're able to carve out a moat and you have products and especially if it's info products they are passive income and that's a fucking beautiful beautiful thing but that's the holy grail and phil is coming on that he Phil's way of coming on that is much better than the way that I went through, which was basically like, okay, I'm in sales. Instead of starting a service-based business while I was relatively young and taking my sales experience and going about it through Phil's way, I just stayed in fucking sales and started like four product-based businesses that failed. I had a tech startup. I had two online magazines. I had like, you know, I was just just a failure factory of product-based businesses on top. <laughs> I fucking found one that works. That is not the right model. That's why you guys constantly hear me harping on start a service-based business. The way to do it is you start the offline, you move online, then you expand into different hustles with your niche where you are getting yourself away from being on the phone with a guy all the time. And then eventually you iterate that into a an actual brand where you can sell products around it. And by that point, the point where it fills out where he's... 27 and he's been in business with himself for, for t- seven years and has studied you are very fucking business savvy at this point so you know when to drop a product you know when to add a new one you know 
you know, you get a flavor for your audience and all that. And that takes a lot of years. And I went through that the retard way. Okay. I went through that the way where I'm getting my ass kicked. And don't, don't go through it the way that I did. Go through that the way that fucking Phil did. And like what I'm saying is you don't have to be selling coaching forever. You don't have to be doing Like if you're not super enjoying it, you don't have to be doing that forever. But like, you know, you baby step your way to these levels of luxury. And that's, that's what we're talking about in this one. Like Phil's at the, Phil's at the luxurious level where he has all these different hustles. I mean, you could drop him. I could drop you anywhere in the middle of the world with no money and you would be able to fend for yourself online within a month. I imagine you would you'd be able to pick yeah. up three or four hustles when you have that kind of a fucking business savvy and that kind of knowledge, you are a force to be reckoned with, I think. And I think that's a very important thing to, to get to that level. Like you're at a, a high level of luxury and once you have all that and you step and the productizing of your knowledge gets even greater, I mean, you're, you're going to be fucking, you know, living on what I call the promised land, right? That's the, that's the, like the highest level where you're just doing what you want to do, mm. you know? I think um, what you said about a brand or a service, the commonality there is that it's a conversation. You can speak to your audience. Mm. Whereas with the products that you try and try before, dropshipping, Amazon, tech, it's a, a storefront to the consumer. There's no conversation. You can't speak to your consumers or potential clients. Right. So you don't know why they're not buying and you don't know what they want. Yeah. You're guessing what they want and hoping they buy it. You just know that you failed. When you have a conversation, <laughs> like a service business or a brand business, you ask them what they want and you build what they want and then right. you sell them it. And you can also, when you actually have a brand and you have... Um, you can you can tell people what to buy or you can influence them what to buy. Like I, I wrote a book called How to Get Organized and no one in lifestyle design is writing this kind of book. And I was curious to see how I was going to sell. It's actually selling. It's actually picking up steam still and it started to sell better than my Tinder book because of the messaging that I'm putting out there for my guys, like, listen, man, stop putting these fucking girls first, get, build the foundation of your organization. And that can only be done through the influence of a brand. When it, when you really have like, an you have the people's ear, right? They will be much better customers as well. A hundred percent. People that buy discipline and organization, like they're serious. People right. who buy how to get laid on Tinder. I bet most of them have not even read the book. Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's different. Like, I love my boys who buy any book. Let me say that right off the bat. But um, I, in my opinion, you also don't want to pigeonhole yourself into just sex and dating or, like, pickup artistry or anything like that. If Like, that would be my personal nightmare with being a fucking dating coach where I'm just taking, like, 20 dudes to a club and trying be to Be good looking, like, talk to girls. Yeah, end. I mean, that's, that's the majority of it. How many times can you say that? Yeah, like... The other good thing is when, you, when you're when you not tied to one thing, you're able to write about so much different stuff and not get bored. And you don't have to sell guys a lie. Like, it'd be very hard to make money as a PUA when you're like, okay, it's 90% of it's your looks. Like, I can teach you everything, but, if, you know, there's there's limited factor to that. It's like you can teach people how to become good looking. You can teach people how to become confident enough to go and talk to the girls. Right. And there's, there is a lot to that. And you will you will get better quality girls. But it's not sexy. And it's not like a 
this one secret tip that's going to get you laid with a threesome porn star model tomorrow. Yes. It's like, no, you go and do work for six months. And that to me is like the difference between like a proper brand and a hustle. A hustle is like that one secret tip or whatever. And you've got a shitty little ebook around it. A brand is where you're actually accountable. Where like, if you sell a piece of shit, then that kills your brand. But instead of like selling a garbage little hustle, you actually just consistently build quality because your focus is on the long term. And if you know you you put out like a a seven page dumpster fire on like the secret pheromone to get laid, you're just gonna murder your brand. You know, so like that's the that's another big difference when you're when you're moving to like the highest level of luxury is build like focus as much on the brand like the long term as opposed to the short term like if you're if you're truly productizing your knowledge you want that to be like for life like you want philhawksworth.com to be for life as you're expanding that like is your is your actual human name you don't want it to be like this yeah. this fucking like dirty hustle site you know, with a bunch of dick pill pictures on it. It's, it's your if you do, name. I don't use your real name. Yeah, <laughs> if you're gonna sell dick pills, don't use your fucking real name. Um, so, anyways, we got a bit of to- off topic on there, but that's another. That's like the ultimate, like fucking major hustle is um, the productizing of the knowledge. So, those are like the major uh, things that you've got going on. Is there anything else that you were able to expand into? At this point, um, <clears throat> not anything that I've done, but the way I see it, it's like there's scope and scale to do anything. You can go in any direction. Like you just need to acquire the skills, right? So but it's all for me. It's all based, still based around fitness, which is what I learned when I was twenty, right? And I mean, that's probably the best decision in your life was to move from. It's a small coal mining town to London, mm-hmm. you know, and just go out and, and learn fitness and do it. And like how many from that small little decision and from the second decision where you're like, I'm not, I'm a bit nervous, but I'm just not going to go home no matter what. From those two like little decisions, which could have been relatively minor, if you'd chosen to go back home, those would just been like minor decisions in your life and your life just had stayed on the, the path of everyone else in your town but because you took those minor decisions and you kept at it look at like the massive amount of positive things that have come out of those two changes like the businesses the amount of money the fact that you get to live in thailand probably the fact that you you know went from a shy guy to someone being able to pick up girls very consistently all came out of those like just taking those fucking at taking those actions at the start like how many positive reverberations have coming out have have come out of like I'm gonna go to London I'm gonna be a personal trainer like pretty much your entire life till now is has, yeah. from that decision it's changed the whole trajectory like every single thing in my life from you know going back over the almost ten years now yeah has you know everything would be different every literally every single thing and it wouldn't be for the better everything would no. be different for the worse <laughs> like it would all be worse you know that's a you know a lot of life comes down to those fucking decisions and if you're sitting there in an office and it's the middle of february and you hate it and i mean i'm telling you guys those key decisions that's what makes or breaks you and you got to you got to go out and make that decision all right so 
I kind of want to recap the whole series. So in part one, we talked about how Phil set up an offline coaching business to make six figures. In part two, we talked about how he moved that coaching business online, making six figures. Now in part three, we're talking about how he moved that, um, he expanded into what I call the levels of luxury, where at first he, he actually took a pay cut, correct? He actually took a pay cut. I've done it about four times. Right, to be able to do things that he, to be for quality of life. And I did the same thing with RLD. I took a pay cut from six figures to, you know, fuck, man. For the first three years, I didn't make anything. And then I was making like a grand a month. Last year, my goal was to do four grand a month, which I hit. And this year, hopefully, we can do seven grand a month. But again, I was used to making six figures for my entire 20s in uh, first in trading and then in sales. But to do something that you love, I will take a lot less money for that, especially when you arbitrage that into Thailand. So now like my lifestyle is equivalent to what it was in Toronto because four grand in Thailand is like six figures, if not more in, in, in Toronto. Um, but Phil's making six figures again and he did it through um, leveraging his knowledge into content marketing actual marketing with like Google AdWords, um, you know, meeting guys through his network that, that he found that he could be useful to. And he's slowly making his way into productizing that knowledge where he's getting a little bit of money coming in. But, you know, when you're just starting out with productizing, even like a hundred dollars a month of passive income, um, whether it's a few, a few eBooks or a few affiliate commissions is fucking good. Like, like the second you, that first fucking dollar in passive income that you get from your products is a fucking, is like one of the best dollars that you can make because you're like, oh my God, I'm just fucking waking up to money. I'm not doing anything for the, it. The three quarters of a Bitcoin that I have from affiliate in the future could be worth tens of thousands. It could be. It could be. It seriously could be. Now it's worth like $800 or something. But in 20, 30, 50 years, that could be worth tens of thousands. Yeah, man. Who knows where it's going to go with fucking Bitcoin. But basically, what we're, trying to, what we're trying to get through to you is that like you can start off with a service business and you can get a flavor and you can master it. And it might not be the most fun thing in the world, but believe me, it is much more fun than having a boss tell you what to do and selling for a boss where he's breathing down the back of your neck. Okay, so you got the offline service business and you're building up your income, you're building up your runway, you're building up your skills, and eventually you can transition that into online, but you do it before you fucking move, okay? You don't come out to Thailand with no money and to start the fucking business. You do it before you move, then you go fly to somewhere cheaper, Thailand, Eastern Europe, Colombia, South America, you go on nomadlist.com, you find where you want to go. And you geo-arbitrage that income. Now, you can still be making the same amounts. Phil was still making that 10, 10K a month online and arbitraging that shit. Then, once you have that established, you can slowly level up into a higher level of luxury, okay? The online is a higher level of luxury because now you're location independent. You're not tied to a location. However, you might want to get away from like Phil said in our last podcast, being tied down to having to call someone at a certain time, right? So it's another level of freedom where 
Phil is now able to do his marketing work at nine o'clock at night. He's able to send out um, an email or set up an ad campaign or nine o'clock in the morning. Okay, that's the next level of luxury. And he's able to diversify his hustle into content marketing, into actual marketing services and some of the other different things that he's got going on. And finally, the net, the, the final level is being able to productize that knowledge and that's what Phil started to do with, he's got the website, philhawksworth.com and he's got some affiliate money coming in and a little bit from his eBooks, all right? And that's, that's where I'm at right now, which is productizing. But like I said, I went through it the fucking retard way, which is like banging my head up against the door until I like broke the door in where Phil has just, you know, calmly taken the elevator up or, to, or you know, walked up the stairs where I'm just like, you know, using my head as a battering ram to open the door until eventually like I staggered through into something that actually fucking worked. Do not do it the fucking way that I did. Do it the way that Phil did. All right. Um, and you know, go back through this fucking series cause there's a fucking wealth of knowledge here. Uh, and you know, you've got the whole course charted for any type of coaching business, whether it's life coaching, whether it's uh, personal trainers, training, whatever the fuck you're coaching the guys in, even if it's lifestyle design coaching. All right. You've got the whole thing down. All right. So that's it. Check out. Part one and two of the series, check out Phil at philhawkstruth.com. Check out Phil's book. If you're interested in making money as a personal trainer or teaching guys how to make money as a personal trainer, the Prosperous Personal Trainer, it's called, yeah. on Amazon by Phil Hawksworth. Also, check out my site, revolutionarylifestyledesign.com to get more of this fucking pimping-ass content. I'm all up in your internets on iTunes and SoundCloud and YouTube and Twitter and whatever the fuck else there is, just bombarding you with content every day this year. New content. That's how it's going down. So that's it, boys. Much love to you. Thank you so much for listening, watching, however you're getting the content. And thank you, Phil, for um, sitting down for this series. I think it's, it's been super, super helpful to the guys. So that's it, boys. All the best to you.